Welcome to another installment of Engineering Money, the podcast where some full-time engineers give their two cents on the financial news of the week. My name is Ben. I am a civil engineer out here in Washington State, choking on all the smoke. I'm Tim. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer in Indianapolis, where we are not on fire. And I'm Joey, food products engineer in Minneapolis, we're also not on fire. As far as I know, I haven't looked out the window recently. But it rained a lot there, right? That's true. It's been wet. Man, we need some of that out here. Um, well, that's well, what good. you gave up when you moved out there. No water for that, you. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Seattle is very well known for never raining. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got some fun stuff coming up today. I, I put in a riddle this morning for our Discord chat. So that's what I'll be talking about a little bit later. Um but yeah, we got we got some big big stuff coming up this week. Um, big Joey, week. I think I think you should take it away first and talk about what you got. Yeah, don't jump right in. So this week there are six IPOs coming out. It's it's crazy time for new companies going public. Um, I'm pretty excited about them. What we've got, I'll go through them real quick. Uh, first one I have on my list is Broadstone Net. It's a REIT. Not super excited about that. I think REITs are boring. But anyway, there's a new REIT coming out. There's VTrue LTD, which is a e-learning company in Brazil. I think it's pretty interesting because they're all about like virtual learning, and that makes a lot of sense in a global pandemic. I just don't know anything about Brazilian stocks. So <laughs> yeah, I, don't <laughs> I don't know either. What, don't know what to think about VTrue coming out. Ah, uh, the next one. Can, I, no one can I break? Can I break in here for a oh, second? Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Brazil is one of the most. Uh, common wouldn't be the right word, but like it's superly, super heavily uh, invested. One of the top emerging markets. It, it is. I, think, I know. It's I think that one growing, could be pretty cool. Rapidly growing economy in Brazil. And I'm pretty sure there's children that live in Brazil, right? Chances no. are, I would bet. I don't think so. So I mean, they, they got to learn too. They got COVID too. There too. So, <laughs> I'm, wasn't Brazil like second in most COVID cases for a long time? Yeah, I know they've they've really struggled with it. Yeah. Hey, maybe uh, they need some e-learning. My help. Sorry maybe to interject. Maybe Vitru. Maybe Vitru will be the the one to do it. Um. And that's V-I-T-R-U. And I think that'll be their stock ticker, too. That's a long one. Okay, um, what's the next one, Joey? <laughs> so the next one, similar, kind of, is Amwell. Amwell is a telemedicine company founded in 2006. I think that's Whoa. more interesting because telemedicine has been a big thing on the right. I remember learning about it in school when I studied biomedical engineering. We talked a lot about telemedicine it's like you might be able to save more lives just by connecting doctors to their patients rather than trying to invent the next mri machine or something like that so mm -hmm. it's pretty cool that th this company is now going public in a very appropriate time where healthcare and remote connection is really on the top of people's minds so amwell i think is a pretty interesting one keep your eye on there um the next one is Pactive. Pactive. But Joey, what days are these? Oh, oh yeah. Let me let me give you those days. So 
so that Broadstone REIT is coming out on Wednesday. Uh, VTrue also Wednesday. And Amwell also Wednesday. The last one on Wednesday is Pactive. So that's four companies coming out same day. Oh my gosh. Uh, Pactive, make, they make packaging, like food packaging, like the uh, little styrofoam plates you get in a school cafeteria or something like that. No one uses that stuff. Um, they, they're now like owned by Reynolds, like, you know, Reynolds wrap, like the tinfoil, oh, aluminum foil, sense. I guess. And so it seems odd to me that that's going public. I, I tend to get more excited about a company that, like, the story is some person had a good idea, made it into a business, and now it's big enough to go public. Pactive looks like Reynolds is trying to raise funds in a weird way. Um, so I, I, I don't really care about that one. But it's happening Wednesday. Uh, the next two, though, are the really exciting ones. So later in the week, Thursday, Unity Software is going public. Do you guys Whoa. know Unity Software? Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. They're the ones that made Bean Battles possible. They made Bean <laughs> Battles? They, yeah. They, I'm looking through their list of games here. So they, for those who don't know Unity, Unity is a, essentially a game engine. They, people pay for Unity so they can make games. And they also like wow. put you through the whole monetizing process of making a game. But... They they made there's uh, RimWorld is on Unity. Oh yeah, RimWorld's a good one. There's Bean Battles, as you said, Temple Run. Remember that? Yep. I All these great games. Temple Runs in Unity. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a classic. Kerbal Space Program. Okay. Oh, Kerbal Space Program's a good one too. <laughs> okay, but what about Jetpack Joyride? If they don't have <laughs> Jetpack Joyride in there, I'm out. <laughs> What year did that one come out? I'm, they, <laughs> I have no idea. There's just so many. So it the first one ever was Goo Ball in 2005. Yeah, I'm looking Goo-ball. at that right now. <laughs> they, they started, there'd be like three a year, and but now, like 2019, like 30 games were made with Unity that are on Wait, the Wikipedia list, at least. Yeah, Bean Battles doesn't show up, but shout out to Bean Battles. It's a dollar on Steam. Uh, everyone better go play it. Definitely invest in Bean Battles. But yeah, so that, that's later in the week, Thursday. Um, I'm excited to see what that one does. And that's actually, so Unity Software, 25 million shares, 34 to $42 a share. So it'll be a big hmm. cash haul for them. Wow, yeah, that I'm excited. You said that one was Thursday? Yep. I'm going to have to make a note of that. And probably the most highly anticipated IPO of this week and probably much longer than the week, um, Snowflake Inc. is going public on Tuesday. So that's the first first oh one of these boy. bunch. That, yes. uh, they're, they're expected to be 75 to $85 and 28 million shares. So again, big IPO. And uh, Ben and Tim, tell us a little bit about Snowflake. I don't know. They do stuff with the cloud. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the the software companies that will just completely ride this hype of 
cloud computing, enterprising. Um, what makes Snowflake a little bit cool is they already have this like solid base of customers Mm -hmm. where they're pretty well established already uh like they were i I can't remember off the top of my head but i do know that amazon is on their list i know that um very early on in their company um one of their early investors was salesforce so salesforce owns a a pretty good stake so watch uh Salesforce as well this week because they're going to probably move um, similarly to Snowflake mm-hmm. yeah. since they do have a pretty big stake in that company. Uh, Interesting. It is. So I'm just Googling it here. Snowflake, they were founded in 2012 and just in venture capital, they raised $1.4 billion and now going yes. public, give them up to another $2.4 billion. Well, and I think yeah. the reason for that, Joey, is they have all of the buzzwords. They don't skimp yes, on any buzzwords. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's really important with uh, VC funding. It's, it's yeah, they did the buzz. SEO, search engine optimization, but for stock hype. They got all <laughs> of them good words. Taking their, oh, yeah. uh, their venture capital plus the IPO funds raised divided by their only 1,400 employees, they'll have almost $3 million per employee raised. Oh my gosh. Man, maybe I should get hired at Snowflake before Tuesday. <laughs> Good luck. But that that's definitely going to be one because everyone's talking about it. So when it comes out, the price is going to be all over the place. Yeah. And it's interesting though because tech in general is going down right now right so um and that's I'm probably sure the news um we kind of skipped the news from last week but news is tech's going down yeah it, it was expected so um but yeah i i think that it people aren't going to care that tech in general is going down because it's got so much hype it'll be fine But yeah, those are the IPOs next week. There's other offerings coming out as well, but they're like secondary offerings and things. I don't care about those as much. Sure. Yeah. Well, speak speaking about tech going down, um, that kind of would be a good segue into this chart that I put out here. So Ooh, we got yeah. uh, really only one guess from, from a fan here. Um, shout out to Ryan. Um, he thinks that it's uh, a chart of his mood for the day. (laughs) And just to describe it to those listening in that aren't looking at Discord right now, but the Discord link will be in the description of this uh, podcast episode. The chart goes uh, vertically from 0.1 to 0.5, and then it spans from 1990 to 2020. Um. Big jump in right before the 2000s. Yeah, right before 2000, there's a giant spike all the way up to almost 0.5, then a sharp drop through 2000, uh, and then a steady increase. And then uh, right about when 2020 starts, it shoots back up almost to those same initial spike levels. Is it something with the dot-com bubble? Yeah, so that... 
that's a good guess as to what happened here right before 2000 because that was the big dot-com crash. Whatever this chart is, it looks like the crash in this number predicted the dot-com crash because I see there's a little grayed out bars showing where recessions happened. It reminds me yes. of looking at a GDP chart. Yeah. Yeah, so the grayed out parts are recessions. That's correct. Um, yeah. But any any uh, any guesses on what the line is showing? Um, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just tell me, Ben. Yeah, oh I, I, I don't have a good guess. Only only All right. dumb guesses. Well, yeah, so off off uh recording, Joey says, Well it has to be a ratio of some kind. And he is correct. It's a ratio and it's the <sighs> ratio between Nasdaq and Dow. Oh, oh. I thought you were gonna do some more gold and silver stuff. Back. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is this is just Nasdaq over Dow. Oh, um, so this this recent spike here has been the Nasdaq slapping every day. Right, and it's showing you that comparatively, like we're seeing the Nasdaq inflated to levels that we saw in the dot com bubble. Yeah. Wow. Right now, like today, even after this little drop that we've seen at the end of last week, we are like in the same level of tech inflation that we saw in the dot com bubble, which is pretty I, I think is pretty scary. Yeah. And you're sounding a lot like a bear right now. <laughs> I'm not I'm not um an overall bear. I'm just uh everyone you know, knows. Nah, a hype, I'm a hype bear. <laughs> okay, well, fine. I think this is I'll interesting. Sell all of my stocks. Well, I, I was just thinking about, um, you know, as, as we're heading into maybe another downturn, definitely more volatility. I like to think about hedges that you can make. And one thing I was thinking, like, oh, what if I were to buy the Nasdaq and short the Dow? Because that would have been a really great strategy for the past several months. But oh, this yeah. chart mm -hmm. makes me think maybe I should do the opposite. But you also have to think about NASDAQ is primarily tech stocks. Um, and in like the 1990s and early 2000s, like, I don't know, tech stocks are just a lot more prevalent now. And they make like actually make a lot more money than like all the dot com websites that were just all hype. That's true. So yeah, it's it's not exactly the same, but it's still pretty. Yeah, especially with insane. that that huge run up that we had, because before yeah. it was just um, you know, it was just gradually like taking the stairs up, and then right in early 2020, it just took the elevator. So yeah, that's yeah, that's what I would really look at is like that gradual stairs up i think was just kind of normal it was the economy shifting to more tech focus but this mm -hmm. spike here looks a little unnatural but yeah if we are and a lot it of it was before it looks like this spike might not be done it, it could go taller right and the spike was sort of motivated by everything shutting down and needing to rely so heavily on these 
tech companies. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm fine if I can lower my cost basis. Yeah. Yeah, so so one thing that we are uh, not so much relying more and more on, but leaning on more and more um, is streaming. Um, oh, so no. I, I just I saw some fun numbers in the Barons this week that I thought I'd share with everybody. Because, um, like, Tim, you, you and I have tried streaming a few times just for fun on Twitch. Yeah. And we have a lot of friends that, since they have a lot of free time on their hands like they've started streaming <laughs> yeah debatably way too much but you never know <laughs> we're not we're not doctors or anything we we don't we don't have the credibility to say that to them um it's okay i don't think he even listens to this <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so the barons uh reported how much people are actually watching streams and mm. broke it down based on platform and um, how it's grown over the past year. So they they report the numbers as hours watched from April of 2019 to April of 2020 and how much that grew year over year as a percentage. So obviously, like, the, the king of the streaming market is Twitch, which is owned by Amazon, right? So from April of 2019 to April 2020, we went from 750 million hours watched to 1.49 billion <laughs> My hours watched. So a hundred, basically a hundred percent growth over the past year in people just watching streams. Um, I believe it. Yeah, it's the new normal. Yeah, it's it's how people engage in content now like it's it's all about passive uh just gathering of information well i think it's listening to podcasts watching people stream and listening to audiobooks like that is the the trifecta of new age media (laughs) yeah and and streaming specifically you know rather than buying a movie and downloading it and then having that in your library, that doesn't, that's not what people do anymore. They, they use Netflix, they stream, it's more convenient. And I think it, it's come out of necessity now, but it's going to stick around because it's convenient. Right. Like, obviously, the pandemic is what accelerated the growth for all these platforms. The one that got the largest change, though, and one to think about um, maybe growing even more and taking more of the market. Um, is Facebook's streaming platform. They call it Facebook Gaming. Mm. Um, they went from... Nah. So they're, they're very low right now. They're at... They were last April. April 2019, they were at 86 million hours watched to this April getting 291 million, which is a over 200% growth. I Pretty think big. it's going to go the same way as Mixer did in the long run, I don't think it'll be worth it for them. Well, Mixer did not take off at all. They went from 37 million hours watched in April of 2019 to 37.1 million hours wow. watched in 2020. No one cares. Yeah. But I think, like, if someone decides that they're going to start streaming, 
they're not gonna go to Facebook gaming. They're gonna be like, oh, Twitch. You know, that's well, where everyone's at. Yeah, I don't but know. see, one of the big motivations, like obviously, like playing the games and providing entertainment is is a huge motivator. Um, but also the the potential of making it a living you know like the the revenue that you can get mm-hmm. and comparatively facebook's ad pipeline and capacity um is much more lucrative they could be providing a lot more dollars per thousand views than twitch can right now mm-hmm. interesting um and also think about like when Facebook took over Instagram, and then you might think, oh, no one's going to post memes on Instagram. Reddit is where all the memes are. And then what happened? The memes went to Instagram because you can right. make money from it. Yeah. Well, it's all about convenience, though. You know, people don't want to... If, if there's a void that you can fill to get memes to people more conveniently, you know, then that, they're going to fill that void. It's all about whether I think, you know, is Facebook gaming going to be more convenient for people than Twitch? Because Twitch lets you subscribe to people with your Twitch prime. And I don't think Facebook has anything like that. Well, Tim, for those that actually have Facebook accounts, (laughs) <laughs> you know, you can you can subscribe via your you can like, you know, add them on your um, on your like front page or whatever. And actually Facebook. So is I'm, that just I'm like just a follow pulling it up on I'm Twitch? putting it up right now? Yeah. So they just. No, that's Facebook watch. Um, yeah, so you oh, can't yeah, even find gaming. It. Yeah, not even it's right here. No, no, no. It is. They they threw it right on the bottom of the like the different tabs. Um, so it's like its own thing that's right there, and you can follow different pages. And uh, yeah, I think I think this could eat up a little chunk of the market. Like obviously, it's Twitch will remain the king. For yes. sure. But, I mean, Facebook's free. Twit- uh, Amazon Prime is expensive. Well, yeah, so. but you don't need Amazon Prime to use Twitch. But the, then not- the thing about Twitch is it's kind of weird. Like, if you've never subscribed to a streamer before and then Twitch is like you have to pay to subscribe to a streamer, it seems a little weird when you're used to, like, YouTube subscribing to a channel is free. Well... You can just follow on Twitch. Following's the first step, and then subscribing, you can. There's just more stuff you can do with it. But we're talking about Twitch for too long. We need to talk. Or Ben, are you done? Yes, that's all I okay. got. Okay. Because we need to talk about Nicola. Ooh. <laughs> because just this last week, um, they announced that. Um, they selected GM to be their manufacturing partner for their electric pickup truck, which is the Badger. And so the Badger will use GM's um, Ultium battery, which I guess is pretty good. 
Um, and then also Nikola will hand over two billion in stock to GM for being a manufacturing partner, with which is eleven an eleven percent stake in the company, which is pretty big. Wow! For just being a manufacturing partner, but Nikola also needs it because they don't have any manufacturing facilities. All they have are renders of manufacturing facilities. Um. So. I mean, I kind of see it as GM wanting to jump in on the hype because, um, you know, you, when you think of innovative car companies, you don't generally think of GM. So, you know, I, I think they're just trying to get in on that. And then, like, there isn't even, like, a prototype of the Badger. All they have are renderings, <laughs> which is all that Nikola ever has. Um mm. I mean, as you can tell, I'm still bearish on Nikola. I think they are absolutely going to... Well, not absolutely, but I, 90%, they're going to zero. <laughs> All the way. Be- wow. Because what this reminds me a lot of is um, Theranos, which I've talked about before, but this is just like when um, Theranos partnered with Walgreens. You know, it gives them a thin veil of legitimate legitimacy. And then, you know, GM gets to claim that they're innovating. But, you know, I guess we'll see if they actually do make them. Because they plan to be um, unveiling the Badger in December. We'll see if we'll just get more renderings or not. Um, And then production is supposed to be in 2022. But if they can actually make this car, that'd be awesome because it's supposed to be um, 906 horsepower with a 600-mile range, which would be crazy. Yeah. Um, And the pricing would be $60,000 for the sole electric version and then $90,000 for one that also includes a hydrogen cell. Hmm. So, um, yeah, kind of interesting to do both i guess the idea behind that is with both hydrogen and electric i mean if you can't find a hydrogen fueling station it's more likely that you'll find an electric one um but hydrogen is also faster to refuel your car than with electric so i mean you know could be cool but I still don't think they're actually going to make any of these, or if they do, they're going to be not good. So, Oh, and then another thing. If you have a lot of time on your hands um, and you go to HindenburgResearch.com, um, Hindenburg, this guy, wrote up a absolutely massive, um, he just did a ton of research, probably at least like an hour read, um, just into uh, how Nicola is an intricate fraud. So huh. uh, <laughs> is I only started. You, Tim? <laughs> it might be, um, but I'm still very convinced that Nicola is not gonna be around for too long. Yep, Time that's all I have. Awesome. Uh, I think that's all we got then. Great. Well, sleep good, everyone. Check out our Discord. Thanks, Thanks everybody, for listening in. um, And we hope you have a prosperous week. Bye.